0: The Jim Channel Podcast, bringing you the big picture on geoscientific information management through interviews and discussions.
1: Hello, welcome to the first episode of Acquire's podcast, The Jim Channel, delivering insights on people, processes, and technology for managing one of the natural resource industry's greatest business assets, its geoscientific data. I'm the host of The Jim Channel, Sarah Mitchell, and I'm joined by Misha Stacker from Acquire Technology Solutions. Hi, Misha. Good morning, hello. 2016 marks 20 years of business for Acquire and today we've invited a guest speaker, Paul Murta, from one of Acquire's longest standing customers, Anglo-American Coal, to join us. Paul is an experienced exploration geologist and currently holds the role of the Exploration Services Superintendent at Anglo-American. How are you, Paul?
0: I'm well, thanks, Sarah, and uh, it's nice to join you and Misha this morning.
1: Terrific, now um, we know that you've been working in uh, with Jim and in uh, mining and exploration in the natural resources industry for a long time. So could you just give us a little bit of information about when you started your career in mining? Yeah,
0: sure. Um, I've got about 21 years experience now, uh, and I started back in the mid-90s as a contract exploration geologist. I had these wild dreams of becoming a, a volcanologist or something, but, which were... quickly brought back to reality um, when I realized there was a a a bit of a lull in the industry at the time and um, many uh, geologists that come out of University in Queensland end up in the coal industry which is exactly where I ended up and um, I spent probably the first three months of my career once I finally did get a job um, actually rehabilitating 350 odd historic borehole sites so, it wasn't actually much to do with geology, but I was certainly out on an, a big lease of land where we were um, cleaning up some sites. And there was um, a lot of locating of, of these old holes and sort of sign off data that needed recording. So, there was data involved. Um, but it was, yeah, it was sort of a bit of a strange start to my career. Um, so, yeah, that, that was kind of about 21 years ago. Um, and that was in the Bowen Basin in Queensland.
1: It sounds like just the kind of project they would give to a graduate as well.
0: <laughs> exactly, yeah. Well,
1: what were some of the trends and the uh, the big issues in the industry at the time that you graduated?
0: Yeah, look, as I said, it was a pretty tough time for particularly the coal industry at the time, just like we are now. We're in a pretty tough time now. And, in, you know, it is a cyclical industry and I've certainly seen those um, peaks and troughs in that 21 year time period. But back then, um, you know, it was an interesting time. There was a lot of change going on, particularly in safety. Um, we had the internet was certainly starting to gather momentum, um, and when I came in, you know, I knew my role was about collecting data, but I didn't really get that and and where that all fitted in to the bigger picture of my role in in the mining industry, um, and. Unbeknownst to me at the time, I was kind of in the middle of a of the data management revolution that was going on within the mining industry. So, yeah, like it it was certainly an interesting time, uh, and there was um, a lot to learn for from someone who was straight out of uni.
1: Paul, why do you think that the uh, what caused that data revolution? What happened, you know 20, 25 years ago that made people to start to consider that that data was a valuable commodity in the mining industry? Yeah, look, you
0: know, geologists are great. I've always say they're great data gatherers, but they're not necessarily the best data managers. Um, and, yeah, look, you know, in exploration, you're, you're out there collecting a lot of data. And typically in the past, the bulk of that data was collected on paper. Um, so we've sort of come into this, this digital age. And, you know, I've certainly seen us go into now logging in the field, um, directly into tablet PCs and things like that. Um, But back then, yeah, it was all on paper. um, And even some of the most critical data like the geophysics data sets and so on were all analog recorded. So um, there was a lot of money being spent coming up with new solutions and new ways to to manage that digital data. Um, There was, you know, a myriad of formats that were being used, and that caused some problems as well, I guess, along the way. So yeah, look, it was a very interesting time. um, And look, we're still going through it. um, But we have certainly come of age in terms of a lot of the technology and and, um, the innovation that's gone on in that last 20 years as well.
1: That's a a fantastic um, kind of insight into 20 years ago to think that the internet was just starting to make its A presence in business. I mean, it's it's so much of what we um, deal with every day. um, What kind of you mentioned that uh, the innovations coming through? uh, How are you seeing these emerge?
0: Um, I think there's lots of new technologies that are you know making life easier for people. Um, in the workplace, uh, and certainly in some cases, and particularly this is the case I'm starting to see in the mining industry, is it's actually replacing people. Um, automation is gaining a lot of momentum. You know, uh, there's there's operations in the WA that I know of, you know, iron ore operations that uh, are, um, you know, all the truck fleets there are, 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 are manless. Um, in fact, the rail that, that Takes that ore to the port is also not even manned, so they're taking people out of um, you know positions that can potentially harm them, which is good. But I think this isn't just being driven by safety. I mean, it's also being driven by efficiency and um, you know minimizing error as well. Um, So yeah, look, it's uh, again, it is an interesting time. We're also seeing the. Um, the onset of social media and the ability for people to be able to communicate much more effectively um, and in some cases not so effectively uh, through the use of social media. Um, So that that side of things is also um, interesting. But um, in terms of data management, I think there's been some wonderful uh, innovation going on over that period of time as well that has made certainly the life of the exploration geologists, resource geologists and a lot of people down the chain who use that data are a lot easier as well. Um, you know, I can think of a, a number of different solutions that even we've implemented here in-house that are saving us countless man, man hours, you know, whether it's as simple as going to an electronic kind of drill plot um, and um, having the efficiencies around that with uh, importing that data into a usable format. Uh, and then using that data down the track, so workflows are continually uh, improving, um, and uh, I suspect they'll they'll continue to do that with you know the systems that we now have available to us and and the hard technology as well. Ah, uh, that's great, Paul. um so it sounds like uh you know technology and and you know new digital innovations are, are really helping. Um, you know, manage your geoscientific data and and your information within within your projects. Um, you know what what other ways are you seeing that gym initiatives are helping uh, organisations or your company in the current market conditions? I think you know uh, the efficiencies are the are the right word. you know it's it's at the moment in the industry it's it's very much about being cost effective, um, and that's not just physically uh, in terms of moving product to the market, but it's also about, being cost effective with one of your key assets and that's data management as well. So um, we're, we're seeing a lot of that going on with some of the workflows that we've been able to implement through our gym. And I guess the other big thing is it saves time. Um, you know, so going, getting away from the paper-based technology and into this digital age is certainly doing that. And we continue on that trail. You know, we're not completely free of paper yet, but um, we've certainly made some big strides in that, in that area. You know, these these types of initiatives you know, typically do take time to establish, to test them and to refine them, um, you know, but typically they are worth doing. And once they're set up, they uh, generally benefit the uh, organization in terms of, you know, reducing costs or improving um, workforce efficiencies.
1: I, I can see the reason why geologists would love this because their original observations and measurements are stored and they, they have more confidence in the data that, that they're um, using. What advantages or benefits would the wider business see for it, or the, not necessarily the business, but a mind site?
0: I think access and interpretation of, um, of data. So having ready, readily available information that's up-to-date. Um, I quite often use the term quality data, and what I mean by that is data that's reliable, that's consistent, that it's on time and it's available to the end users, to the people who need that data when they need it. Um, so yeah, look, you're know, having, having the right format and the right platform to be able to to do that within your organization is, is critical. So what does this do? It, it, it um, improves decision-making down the track because you can, Having that quality data, the reliable information that you're basing your decisions on, is critical to the success of any business. Um, so, you know, I, I look at uh, our data as an intangible asset that's often difficult to uh, value in a, in a mining environment because you quite often don't know whether a particular area or prospect is actually going to be economically viable until you've done all the calculations. So, it may look like the best deposit. Um, you know while you're drilling away and you're exploring that deposit but there's a lot of other factors that go into making it a mine down the track so you know and a lot of decisions need to be made along the way so having that right information and correct available on time all of those things to the people who need it um, gives you a better chance of making better Uh, Business decisions, Uh,
1: Paul. That's really interesting, and I I would be interested to know what advice you could give to to other geologists or other people working in exploration um, to uh, to look at these kinds of tools or to invest in these kinds of tools. Because my sense is is this isn't um, it still isn't widespread. No,
0: it it's not. And my experience is that different geologists, um, you know, this is a personality thing and a kind of inherent talent or desire to um, uh, be involved with data management because my experience is that people are the key ingredients in the management of data. So you can have the best technology and procedures in the world, but without the right people looking after uh, the data, uh, then you know um, the, the whole thing can fail, basically, because you, you're not having the right people pushing it and uh, driving. Uh, what your vision is around um, management of data. So people are definitely key. Um, and, um, you know, trying to get the right tools and solutions in place that are going to deliver the information to the right people. Um, you do need the right people to, to be able to put those things together.
1: How important is that? Because I know you're running a lot of sites. I think you've got seven sites that you're running. How how important is it to have a common uh, process and common tools across all of your uh, sites? That's a great
0: question. Um, And I don't say that because I don't know how to answer (laughs) it. The reason I think it's a great question is because it's something I'm very passionate about and that's standardization of of data. And when we initially implemented our gems to actually sell it to each site, we had to kind of replicate their existing workflows at the time Um, And yeah, that that helped us get buy-in from them at the time, but uh, what it meant was we ended ended up with six or seven slightly disparate and and, and decentralised databases that were effectively managing the same data. Um, So a couple of years after the initial implementations, I, I made the decision to standardise all of our virtual fields and all the, the objects and tools that we use to get the data in and data out of our databases and standardize all the workflows. And that was a big job because we, I had to kind of go and sell it again, you know? But um, once we got that down and, and bedded down with people and that familiarity, I could take any geologist from any site and put them onto any other site. and. They knew that what they were looking at. They were familiar with the workflow and, and the, the graphics in front of them. So, um, you know, and the other thing that's that's good about that whole standardisation process is once you have standardised, it's much easier to maintain going forward and to continue to sell and promote that um, that product. So. Um, it's been a godsend at the end of the day and here we are some sort of seven or eight years later after that process and it's been a lot easier to manage if we continued on with that sort of decentralized setup, it would have become very very difficult to manage uh, from a you know resource point of view
1: what do you see that's coming down the uh, you know coming down the barrel what emerging trends do you see for the next 20 years in in uh, in mining exploration and and really in in data management. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, clearly, big data is not going away, and geoscience is getting better and better at producing vast quantities of data. That is only really useful if it's stored appropriately and again readily available t- for interrogation. So I see. Um, big data as being a key challenge. I think hand in hand with that is as we move away from this kind of downloadable apps um, you know, environment that we're in at the moment uh, to accessing more online type solutions, um, I think that's going to um, make you know, for a challenge around efficient and effective, I guess, connectivity Uh, Particularly in remote locations for the mining industry, um, we need reliable and efficient, you know, connections uh, to production databases, particularly if they're going to be housed in in, in this kind of cloud environment. So, um, I see that as a challenge, but certainly I see it as the way forward. Um, The other, I think, the other key with with that kind of going into, you know, moving large data sets into this kind of cloud setting is um, that it will ultimately improve interoperability, which is at the moment still an ongoing challenge in the mining industry between, you know, for instance, modeling systems and gems and and, and, and other downstream uh, uh, applications that we use. So I think that's gonna be a critical challenge to the uh, mining data flow chain, Um, but one that's certainly not insurmountable. Um, It's, you know, I can see it's gonna deliver some interesting solutions and we're gonna see lots of different things on the table that we're gonna, I think one of the other big challenges is just gonna try and decide which way to go um, if you're in the mining industry with these solutions.
1: Excellent. Uh, Paul, what advice would you give to somebody that's, uh, you know, you talked about the job that you had when you first started. What advice would you give to a new graduate coming into the mining industry right now?
0: Ask questions, learn as much as you can. Um, so, yeah, be curious, um, don't assume anything, it's my golden rule for data management. Um, and, um, you know, I guess, yeah, be willing to, to learn and care about what you're doing. Um, uh, particularly if you are in data management, like, you need people who care about data. Uh, because it needs looking after.
1: That's excellent. Thanks so much, Paul. We've really enjoyed this conversation. Um, If you've enjoyed our discussion, please tell your friends and colleagues about this podcast, which you can find on our Acquire newsroom at acquire.com.au.
0: You've been listening to Acquire's podcast, The Jim Channel. Find us at acquire.com.au.